is needed. And as much as possible, keep it very practical and down to earth. I just want to start with a small quotation of master that I read recently, which came as part of the daily reflections on character formation. Master says, my beloved master, Babuji Maharaj, has repeatedly affirmed that while it was his duty to give the Abhyasis inner spiritual growth, character formation was and will always be the Abhyasis' personal business. This is the base on which I am going to do my talk. Recently, about a couple of weeks back, in the dining table, Master gave some inputs which are pretty useful for me, which I thought I will use it out here. He was talking about interaction between functionaries specifically. At that point of time, he mentioned, always learn to speak from your experience, because the moment you start coding from scriptures or text or books, it is the same knowledge which everyone has access to, and hence it can become a basis for argument. To the best of my ability, can you increase the volume, please? Is it okay now? To the best of my ability, I would rather uh, keep based on my personal convictions. I don't know whether they're right or wrong. My experiences in the travel that I had in Sahaj Marg in the last 18 years, and with whatever little bit of quotes that I need to borrow from masters. He also mentioned something about the learning process when this topic of learning came up about this seminar and all that. Master said something very pertinent. He said, learning is all about listening, meditating, and adopting. I originally intended going a little bit into this topic on listening, but I thought it's slightly, you know, I mean, it might transgress, it might go a little bit away from the given topic. So I'm sure that we can meditate on what listening is and adopt. And whatever inputs I give, I would request you to take them as inputs at this point of time. See if it makes sense over a period of time, because some of them don't make sense to me even now. I am also meditating on them. And hopefully, if it is adopted, I'm sure it will be of some value to all of us. If there is one single purpose that I had for this session, it is this, to live the 10 maxims the, the way master would need us to, instead of how we would want it to be. There's a huge gap between the two. We'll go about seeing it as we go along. I also came across this definition for maxim. Very interesting. It has its roots in the Latin word maxima, that also denotes a general truth expressed in one sentence, which also means it's a truth. There's no need for us to analyze whether it's right or wrong. Let's take it as truth and then see what we have to do with that. Many years back, during my college days, I used to be learning some martial arts. During the time, obviously, I mean, Enter the Dragon, Return of the Dragon, all those movies apart, I used to lay my hands on a lot of books about martial arts to catch up on 
what it is, which is the best way to learn the martial arts to the best of our ability. I came across a Zen story which was very powerful, which I feel is very pertinent for us to share here. There was a student who wanted to learn martial arts. He went to a Zen master. During the days, which like the Gurukul days, he was supposed to be living with the Zen master to learn the art. He had actually gone to learn sword sort of, you know, fielding. He was there in the house of the Zen master for about six months. And in this process of six months, he did nothing but cleaning the house, doing the daily chores of the master. He had been wondering, why am I here for six months? I've been here for so long. Nothing seems to happen. And after six months, he loses his patience. He goes to the master and he asks him, I've been here for six months and I've come here to learn how to wield the sword. Won't you teach me? The master just laughs at him and says nothing and continued with his work. The next three months the student is with the master, something very strange happens. Whenever the master, the student is doing some work, the master would come from behind and beat him. Beat him with a stick, kick him and do everything and that really made this person very crazy. After three months his body was really black and blue, he couldn't take it any further. One day he decided that this is it, let me run away. And before running away he wanted to give it back to the master because I have been having for quite a long time. Let me just take a small you know, sort of a give back party to the master. One day the master was cooking rice and he goes silently, very quietly without making any noise and from behind he takes a stick and was about to hit him on the head. And as the master was cooking the rice with one hand, with the other hand he just put it back and stopped. He said, this is lesson number one. The day you have the reflex that it takes for you to be a martial artist. I can give you a sword and you learn how to easily wield it. It's not a problem. But till you learn how to have this reflex, there's no point in giving you a sword. Likewise, I do not intend going deeply or directly into 10 maxims because I have been struggling with it for so many years. The only thing I want to see if I can give, if at all, is the equivalent of the reflex. What should we do to prepare ourselves to get into 10 maxims and see whether we can practice? Hence, my interaction with you will be more in terms of the challenges I have faced in the process, some of the convictions I have in terms of how I have approached Sahaj Mark per se, and how I intend sharing that in terms of passing this little bit of experience in this session on living the 10 maxims. I want to throw a question to the audience now. We don't need to be loud, but we'll keep it as interactive as possible. We don't need rather a mic to go around. What would you see as a role of perspectives in our evolution towards practicing 10 maxims? Do you see a role of perspectives? What would you define a perspective as and how do you see that role in taking us from where we are to where we need to go? Any answers from anyone? Perspectives? No, I need to go there.
the need and role of perspectives for this session rather. If you take perspectives, we normally define as a point of view. A point of view, if it expand a little bit, typically a point of view is also known as my reality of how I see things today. I'll take this whiteboard as an example to start with. Let's take that this whiteboard has a lot of jigsaw puzzles which are put together to form this board. Out of these, say, 100 odd jigsaw puzzles, I have about four or five with me. And I put these four or five puzzles together, I get, say, a portion of this board. Would it be sufficient for me to conduct a session like this with this size of the board? Yes and no. I can surely conduct if I want. All I have to do is ensure that whatever I need to write, I write within that and sort of rub it off and go. Still, what is it I am missing? I am missing rest of the board. Maybe if the board can be enlarged by itself. Let's take it as my reality or how I see things as of today. No harm in that. All of us are part of a much larger puzzle. Let's take it a little bit further. The my reality here, if you are willing to listen to the many of the multitudes of realities outside of us, maybe we can call it as a world reality, the way the world sees it. I may not exactly agree with it, yet there is a view which is much bigger and much wider and much larger than what I hold. If there is something beyond, in the Sajmark perspective, the whiteboard are much larger. I would call it as his reality. As Brother Kanan was saying, master is beyond Vedas, master is beyond anything that we know. Yet, for us to even practice, live 10 maxims. The first challenge as I see it is to see how actually master would see 10 maxims as. There's no point in me going around seeing if I had to practice the way in which I understand. So the key to a great extent is to find how to move from my reality to world reality to what his reality might be. In this process, there are a few challenges we face. If there is one big challenge that we face here today, that personally I have faced, which I continue to face, I would call them as baggages. Baggages mean many things to many of you. I would rather go to the root cause in the behavioral science aspect that I have understood in terms of how these baggages form and then bring it back to 10 maxims and see whether it makes some sense to us here. There's an acronym I use which I'll expand, explain as we go along. I return the words G, D, D, A, G, A, J. 
This is what forms the baggages which stops us from understanding as maxims as master would want us to. If you had to look at the first letter, whatever I am going to share is not something which is applicable to 10 maxims, it is applicable to the way of life, the way in which we interact with people, the way in which we communicate with people, whatever it may be. The first one which forms part of the baggage, what we call as the tendency for all of us to or many of us to generalize things. Master doesn't want us to fall, form or rather follow all the maxims. Master wants us to start with this maxim. Master may not want all our BSCs to follow the maxims, you know. This is not the way in which it is done. In our religion maxims, it's not possible for us to follow. That person is always like this. People from USA are like this. People from Andhra are like this. What happens is, the moment something comes to us, it goes through these baggages or filters. We start generalizing even before we understand what the truth is. As Maxim, the meaning that Latin word says, this is what actually the truth is in one single sentence. And how can we generalize the truth and say that this is not applicable, that's not applicable. In my interaction with some abhyasis over a period of time, people conveniently generalize. I don't think master really meant this. This is not the way it is done. This is not possible. How is it possible? I am a functionary. I do a lot of work. I can't get up in the morning. I am a functionary. It's not possible that I can always be kind to people. Sometimes I might have to do. I am an abhyasi. I have to interact with the external world where it is full of bribery. It is full of this and full of that. How can I not be revengeful? How can I have a pious earning? It's not possible. We tend to generalize straight away. Again, even to say that I generalize is a generalization. This is one of the first challenges which stops us from seeing the maxims as we should see instead of seeing the way in which we are currently seeing. The next one. We call it as distortions comes from selective listening or selective understanding. During my childhood, I had a very funny experience. Couple of friends were going around. We were studying in Adyar in Chennai. And there's an Adyar river. There's a bridge. We're all standing there and one of my friends had a great idea. We were in seventh or eighth standard, not really knowing what it meant to play around. We just all started looking and some old man came and he asked, what are you looking? He just said, I dropped a five rupee coin. That's all and then he went off. So happened after two hours we came back, there's something happened in our uh, real life, so I still remember. And there were about 20, 25 people standing and somebody said somebody has fallen down and committed suicide. The way things get distorted, I'll give you another example which happened uh, three, four weeks back. Somebody was coming out of cottage. As they were coming out, they are talking about a weather in a particular town over phone to someone out there. There's an abhyasi apparently listening to them. He immediately took it that since this person is asking, he is a prefect or a functionary, it is a possibility that master may be traveling. And within 45 minutes to one hour, messages were floating around that master is leaving by so-and-so flight on so-and-so day to so-and-so location for so many days. Within a gap of about 20 to 30 minutes, the whole thing got distorted where the message which went around was completely different from what it was originally meant. Distortion is a challenge because this to a great extent happens because of selective listening. We pick up what we love to hear. The rest we tend to conveniently leave and say this is not possible. 
or leave it. We will see later. And as we go along, we speak to ABICs, we interact with people. Since people see us interacting with master, whatever we say to a great extent is being taken that this is true. And people take it that it is all right that if, if so-and-so functionary says, it should be okay. So it is perfectly all right if I don't follow maxims or this maxim actually means this or this maxim can be conveniently twisted in certain occasions when things cannot be done or you superimpose some scriptures and justify your actions saying that in this scripture, in this exception, Master has said that it is all right not to follow Master's advice and then conveniently say we cannot follow maxims. <clears throat> this is a second challenge which forms baggages and baggages are nothing but we are going to see shortly. <clears throat> The third D we call as <coughs> deletions. Deletions again are things which we conveniently drop. As we go along, what comes in and what goes out are completely different based on our own interest, our own focus, our own attitude issues and our own other issues that we have. What comes in and what goes out are not the same. If I had to give you a 10 rupee note and ask you for change, I am sure I had to get 10 rupee back in change. If I had to get only 1 rupee or 10 rupee or 2 rupees or 3 rupees, it's not a fair exchange. Likewise, when things are being deleted, what people are supposed to hear is not the same because I have, I have also spoken about 10 maxims when I travel to centers. Many times I have made the mistake, I have seen people making the mistake of conveniently deleting a portion of the maxim and to propagate the message the way which is very convenient to us after these deletions happen. These baggages also ensure that 10 maxims finally is not what in my opinion, what master would want us to understand it as compared to what we currently understand it to be. Sorry? Uh, can we have it towards the end? Just note down your questions. I'll come back to it later. Anyway, in another five minutes, we are going to see it in, in a different way. <coughs> the fourth one, obviously, is assumptions. I can't do. It's not possible. I have never done it before. In this family, this has never been done. My father will not allow me. My husband does not allow me to meditate, so I cannot practice. We don't really test our faith to the fullest extent to check whether these assumptions work. Assumptions are also a derivative of one of the biggest challenges that Master said. Two days back, he was just sharing in the room. Assumptions is what leads to what we call as, I know. I know this. I already heard. What is that a person can speak on 10 maxims I have not heard before? I have been in the mission for 10 years. I have been in the mission for 5 years. I have been with master. I have read the works. There is nothing that I don't know. So hence, what you say is not going to be new to me. I am sorry, even before you are saying something, it's all gone because I know what you are going to say. I know becomes a big challenge in the sense, I mean, one of the recent trends which I read in uh, corporate circles where I do a lot of work is that they are doing reverse mentoring as a big process where people who are just one or two, three-year-old in the organization are made to mentor people who are 25, 30, 40 year old in the organization. The idea is that because people are static in their thinking, in their way in which they look at life, they come with the baggages and instead of them mentoring and creating chaos with the younger people, it's the other way around. And people are apparently you know, taking a lot of uh, pluses out of it where people of a younger age, because they are carrying lesser baggages, they're able to look at things with a different perspective and ask questions. Like the child who asked the king and who said that you are wearing nothing. The famous story that master quotes quite often. Assumption, of course, is an acronym which uh, in English, if you split, assume, you know what it comes to. As you and me. 
the last letter J, what we call as judgments or prejudice. Again, a big challenge. All of us, many of us might be saddled with this big challenge of being prejudiced based on caste, based on so many geographical issues, based on status issues, based on knowledge issues. This person hasn't read Vedas. What is the point in talking to him? This person hasn't read. He doesn't know. He hasn't read that. He, does, he hasn't done this. To great extent, what happens? We start judging before things happen. The baggages are a big challenge in understanding 10 maxims. And I'm going to take you through a quick, small exercise with your permission to see how baggages play a very funny part. I'm going to have a small, all of you have a pad in your hand, I guess. I'm going to have a small uh, two-minute task for you. This is going to be a design come drawing competition. Take a sheet of paper. I want you to design or draw three things which I tell you. If you want to participate, please feel free. Otherwise, you can just observe. All of you are familiar with cricket. Okay, first, I want you to draw a cricket bat. All of you are done. Can you now draw a cricket ball, the second object? Draw or design. OK, now I'll change the question a little bit. How many of you are familiar with the game of cricket? As we would have seen in IPL and Champions League and test matches today being played. Now, as part of the game of cricket, we have something called as a net practice. In the net practice, they use a lot of cricket balls. At the end of the day, these cricket balls have to be cleaned. Typically, today, it's a manual process where people take it and then manually they take a cloth, wipe it, and then put it. Let's take it that I have been given the assignment of designing a cricket ball cleaning machine, automated cricket ball cleaning machine. And I want to take your help to do that. I'll give you about a minute. Please design an automated cricket ball cleaning machine. Conceptually, if your drawing is not good enough, it's okay. Conceptually, think of how you would put 50, 100 balls at a time, clean the ball and get them out. I want you to design an automated cricket ball cleaning machine. Take your time, a minute or so. Whatever comes to your mind conceptually, All of you have at least some sketch on your paper. Just look to your person on the right or left and just see whether they have done something different from what you have done. Now let me ask you a question. I have been seeing and to some extent I do see some. The third one apparently is different from the first and second across the room. Possible? Yeah. How is it that the cricket bat and the cricket ball are more or less the same in the room, whereas the cricket ball cleaning machine is more or less different from each person? Any answers? Okay, let me go back. You have never seen it, right? Sorry? 
Okay, good. You don't have an image? Mind is not conditioned. Okay, sure. Yes, sir. Okay, good. What stops us from bringing that imagination to the cricket ball, bat or the cricket ball? Okay, good. Let me go back to the first question. When I started the exercise, I only said, how many of you are familiar with cricket? Am I right? Can the cricket can also mean the insect cricket as we understand and the cricket bat that you can draw is a possibility equivalent to a mosquito bat can be a bat that can extinguish cricket insects and the cricket ball that could be the insect that are rolled together to form a ball possibility let me again come back your own way because somebody will say no no when you say cricket this is what you meant cricket has been a game since about 1850s roughly about 150 160 years officially according to the ICC side in the last 150 to 160 years the cricket bat has gone through at least 45 to 50 official design changes and the original cricket bat 160 years back is not the same as what you have today it's still possible that we can design the bat completely differently possible or not okay good what stopped us conditioning let's get back to baggages generalization a cricket bat has to be like this i have seen it i have played with it from childhood i have seen the game i have seen gavaskar i have seen sachin sir that's what i'm saying that is not an issue sir i am only talking about why we look at things the way in which we look at it it may be successful it may not be unsuccessful the kangaroo bat may be successful, may not be. In the first game, he did score 91 to make Chennai Super Kings win. Subsequently, he didn't. He lost his, maybe because of form, game. I mean, looking at why is that we are not looking? Generalization comes easily. A cricket immediately triggers a response that this has to be like this. It can't be any other way. I, I know it. I know it. This is how it has to be. Distortion. Whatever I say, you hear what you want to hear. When I said cricket ball cleaning mission, I put in something which I never apparently heard before. So your mind became free. The same person, first and second, you are not able to do. The third, how is that we are able to do? Just for you to think. The same way when you are looking at 10 maxims, because whenever I talk about baggages in any forum, people say, no, I have no baggages. And normally we put this small activity or some other activity. What happens is that the whole thing changes perspective. This just to showcase that the biggest challenge is possible that we are looking at the entire 10 maxims through the baggage that we have. It's a possibility. I'm not saying you have. It's a possibility. Just one small example for us to look at it. Let's get back here. Recent Einstein's code I read. You never solve a problem by looking at it from the level from which you created it first. We create a problem and we keep looking at the same problem from the same level from which our original understanding of the problem is. It's not possible that we can solve the problem. The idea obviously is to look at new perspectives. And my role here today is to share a couple of perspectives from my experience and conviction which might help us to look at the implementation of 10 maxims. I don't intend going into the explanation of 10 maxims. There is not much value I can add compared to what Babaji Maharaj has written, what Master has said in so many talks in terms of what 10 maxims mean. I am a co-traveler with all of you in finding out what 10 maxims actually mean before we can implement. 
But in a couple of points, perspective, what I share can help you in the process. It might be of some value is what I feel. I thought of adding this. Baggage is impossible to drop is what I heard. This is what I have seen in my own case. I have, though in spite of being, you know, awareness is one thing, practicing is something else. Knowing well what the baggages are still doesn't help us to drop it off. The only thing I have seen, being in close quarters with master, in his interaction with people, I have never seen him having baggages of any kind whatsoever, though we sometimes might tend in our stupid judgment, master is doing like this. He is beyond the grasp of all of us here. The only thing I have understood is that he takes life as it comes, living each of the moment as it comes, which I don't know whether we are capable of doing the second best option for us is to see whether we can practice the 10 maxims because I did find that there are a lot of ways in which living in the present is created in the 10 maxims. In the work that I do with corporates, which involves extensive work in terms of coaching, creating visions and taking it through strategy and execution. The one thing that has been common in successful companies which speaks a common image, a common language is what we call as a DNA factor. The DNA factor today is what defines what an organization is. This is the way in which an organization behaves and how it is perceived by the external world and of course the internal world as well. We all know that the moment one of our family member does not behave the way in which our family is supposed to begin, we say or we tend to say that you don't have the DNA in your blood. This is not how our family is. This is not our culture. This is not the way we are supposed to interact. This is not the way in which we are supposed to treat people. This is not done. Likewise, today corporates are finding out to give a uniform experience to all the people who interact with them, it becomes a minimum expectation of the people who are part of the organization to display a few characteristics which can be called the traits or the DNA of the organization. In short, you can call the DNA as the organizational values. If you look at the business dictionaries, they define the organizational values as the operating philosophies or principles that guide an organization's internal conduct as well as its relationship with the external world. In the recent researches that I have gone through, there have been a lot of work that has happened in the DNAs. There are four reasons why many of the top companies tend to follow the DNAs. The reasons are here which to a great extent will relate to what we are here up to as well. The first reason why we need to follow a code of DNA, a code of conduct or 10 maxims, we cannot promise one thing with our image as to what we claim to be and deliver a different reality through our interactions. If we claim to be something and we are not that, obviously will be called as hypocrites or people who don't follow the value system that you are supposed to follow. The first reason. People also say there are no way in which you can half digest and not implement the DNAs that are part of the organizational definition. This is what defines the organization to be. 
the third we need to communicate what we are doing and why this is what creates a belief system about what we are and what our dna is to the external world the last point this is what finally our image is to the external world if 10 commandments is what is to christianity 10 maxims is what i see as our dna that the world sees it as and whether we like it or not it is being seen through the functionaries and the people who propagate the message of master the first thing that when i go around when i talk to people in open forums outside of uh, said mark in the corporate world i do talk about the way of life and introduce in maxims the first question they ask is do you practice i mean straight on the face i tell the truth that i don't but i am on the way at least they sort of digest but they say that you claim you are there for 18 years in the mission and after 18 years just 10 sentences which you claim to be the truth you cannot practice what are you preaching here what dna are you going to teach us that you don't practice in your own organization quite hits us very hard in short if you are really looking at living the 10 maxims this is the only way in which the personality of the organization gets defined this is how the external world is going to see us whether we like it or not it's quite easy for us to say it is not possible for us to practice it's too difficult it's i am old i am young i am this i am that but i don't think people outside are going to take it that it's okay we will practice but you just come and speak about 10 maxims we will improve it's not going to happen when we are talking about a dna we are talking about a uniform experience and we are talking about successful organizations who survive only because they practice the dnas the dna if there is a premeditated negative action uh, acted upon you by your opponent or whoever uh, and mostly this is not not amongst brothers and sisters it's in the workplace uh, is there any one or two three practical ways apart from praying master to bless him and trying to take miseries as divine blessings because the point i'm driving it is you're being quiet is at a high risk of you being perceived as weak nincompu and non reactive and therefore the blast keep coming in and you're here in a spiritual space asking for forgiveness strength for you and perfect legitimate 
but it doesn't stop there. The other person keeps on multiplying. And this is true, I'm sure all of us have experienced it. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a very uh, um, humble abhyasi, trying to overcome this, I'm just needing if anybody here has any inputs or suggestions. Uh, that was my uh, request. Can any of the seniors add to this? Yes, Brother Sanjay. You want to add to this or you want to ask a question? Yeah, yeah, that would be really great. This is what I call as collective responsibility. <laughs> in action. In action, not in action. Hello. Yeah, I faced a similar situation about uh, five, six months back. Master was also aware of this. Uh, what I could see out of that, I was actually attacked on the television. There were continuously things coming against me, premeditated the way you were saying. But then if you read that maxim, maxim says that do not, do not be revengeful. That is one. Second, what, uh, what I, when I meditated on this, I could see my past also, my past incidents whenever such thing has happened. And in almost every time, it has resulted in something very good for me. Okay? So this time when this was happening, I was waiting. What good is going to come out of this? Okay? In fact, I, every time it had happened that when I was saw, saw, such sorrow or meditated attack had come, so I was waiting and actually something good happened. I did not sit quietly. A decision was taken in the organization. I went on the television. I spoke for about one hour. That became so popular in the whole of Maharashtra that everybody was talking about that rather than the earlier thing. So what I am trying to indicate is that if something like this is happening, my impression is something good is going to come out of this. So the first thing you do is stop worrying about it. Brother, that, that's good that something good came out of it. Uh, it's part of sanskaras or overall poetic justice, if you will. My point was, your keeping quiet empowers, quote-unquote, your enemy or opponent. And there is, as I said, the word is, there's no other word than premeditated. It's deliberate, it's intimidating, it's out to destroy you and decimate you. Or whatever, insecurity, jealousy, whatever it is. And you're here wanting to follow the maxims, be the perfect gentleman. Uh, it makes the other person powerful. So that good happened to you is very good. But is there something by which anybody else could help? How do you sort of tell the person, look, I'm trying to be a good abhyasi, don't take me for granted? Let me share yeah, I mean, I had a challenge many years back, way back in 95, 96. I was running a business in computers. And those days, uh, excess raids in organizations were very common. We were not in an exercisable business, but still one Saturday afternoon, normally the days on which exercise raids uh, take place, a team of about six supervisors landed up in my office as I was about to leave for Gayatri. They just said, lock up the office, we have come for a raid. I said, there is no locust handy, there is nothing we do, we are not into exercise business. They said, no, this will be done, we have come with a raid. They showed some fake documents which are not true, which I found later. They came in about two, two and a half hours, they grilled, we showed all the documents. They couldn't find anything. Finally, he said, having come all the way, we have a cost. We want you to pay 20 lakhs, otherwise we know how to bring it on. I had two choices. One thing we did smartly, one of my staff did, he had put a dictaphone. The whole thing had been recorded. 
if he had wanted we could have easily scaled up escalated it officially and taken them to dogs i thought about it deeply and i felt it's not going to prove any point what am i going to gain in the longer run if i'm going to look at it i had to see how to get out of it without hurting him or hurting myself i just got up of my seat i told all my staff to leave the office i gave the office keys to him i said i'm walking out this office is yours take whatever you want apparently they waited for half an hour in the office i don't know what happened there was a big photograph of master behind me my chair after i left they had given the keys to the house owner and left on monday i had been called to the excise office so i happened on saturday evening i met master i told him just gave one of his smiles he didn't say anything on monday i went to the office i met the chief of the guy who had the four people six people who had come as i went in within a few minutes he started sort of you know squirming in the seat he was not able to sit i don't know what happened he suddenly asked what are the badge you are wearing i said i am an abhyasi of shri ramchandra mission immediately extended his hand shook and said i am sorry way back in 71 i taken a sitting from your master babuji maharaj i had wanted to continue i could not continue but i know you will be a man of character i will not touch you in those two days i can tell you i went through hell this is something which i can share out of my personal experience when you believe in the maxim and you take it as it goes in the longer run what has to happen will be to your protection this is something that i can say from my personal experience yes uh, jayshriban i will say something from my personal experience um way back in my job i had a boss i was sales manager he was general manager he uh, the chief uh, md was saying that i would replace him some day so naturally this man got very irritated with me and he used to harass me uh, so but i thought of babuji's uh, a uh, famous sentence the most courageous thing in this world is to love your enemy i thought i would practice it so whatever he uh, ignoring how he treated me all that he said i would do and in his interest protecting him so he didn't know what to do with me so he struggled all along in spite of my treating him like this he behaves like this with me ultimately he was sacked but the point is if you try to follow sahaj mark principle seriously there will always be protection from above thank you rajubai jayshubhan i think the maxim says be not revengeful it does not say don't clear yourself i mean if something is somebody is accusing you or putting you in a odd box you can always clarify it you need not put him in an odd box this is how i see it thank you good input yeah rajesh there couple of people is being uh, being put in a very difficult situation whether it is professionally personally 
in the family, wherever. In uh, last five, six months, I have sent such messages of distress to master from Abhyasis, facing very, very difficult situation. And he has been consistently giving the same reply that think about benefiting spiritually from the condition that you are into. I wonder if there is a message for all of us. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. First of feedback, after your speech, the first thought came to my mind is, intellect has a lot to do in spirituality. Sorry? <laughs> the first thought came to my mind after your speech is that intellect has a lot to do in spirituality. <laughs> Just a feedback. One thing like uh, what is communicated to me after your speech is that what we're trying to understand is first uh, I got to know before I implement. I got to know fully then only I can implement. Is this, it is what uh, we're trying to communicate through you try to communicate? My initial uh, suggestion I gave if you remember is to move from my reality to his reality. Yeah, just I, When I, I move into his reality the job is done. Yeah. The challenge what we face in between are the challenges I shared. Because like the Zen story I shared in the beginning, it's about the reflex. It is about understanding what stops us from going instead of understanding what he's saying because at our level with the current level of challenges what we have, as I see it from my personal challenge, my personal perspective and experience, I still don't understand 10 maxims. That's why I didn't venture into explaining 10 maxims. Um, I just like to share my experience with it. Sure. Like... Uh as Babuji said, like uh, an example he gave, like if I am a weightlifter, I don't have to lift 200 kg very first day. I start with the 10 kg. Yep. Then when I lift 10 kgs for 10 days, I start lifting maybe 15 kgs. The similarly with the 10 maxims, I, uh, I felt like uh, whatever I understand, maybe little, say be in tune with nature, say one step I understood. So I start practicing that thing and maybe later on I understood something uh, which I didn't know earlier. So understanding and doing, they go hand in hand. Like it's not that I understand fully, then I implement. I understand whatever little. I follow that and then I understand more. This is the beauty of this uh, maxims what I felt. And uh, I've forgotten what other... <laughs> <laughs> One perspective I wanted to share. Uh, one more thing, sorry, I, I just got it. Go ahead. You go talked ahead. about the baggages, yeah. uh, like uh, whatever, uh, uh, generalization, distortion, and this, what I feel, uh, baggages, you mean to say the hindrance, the, the obstacles which restrict me from implementation of uh, those maxims in my life. So what I feel for myself, uh, the first was the willingness to follow. That was the biggest obstacle. It was not the understanding. Can I take a couple of minutes I just to quickly put an example back to you? Is uh, it all right? like the first example, be not be revengeful. So the very first day when I came to the Sarajmar, I thought like uh, whosoever given this maxim, I should uh, thank him such a way that he shouldn't be giving uh, this maxim. And then I, I'll thank somebody who has uh, done bad to me in such a way that he will never do any bad to anybody else. That was the first day. Now the, after five years, I feel that this is something <laughs> must be followed. So the, direct, the attitude has changed about this particular. So that was the first obstacle. Okay. Second thing which I feel now after I want to follow it is the uh, being unaware. Like I want to follow it 24 hours and maybe I tend to forget say 12 hours a day that I need to follow this. That, that being forgetful, being not aware about this particular thing that I need to follow it. That is what restricts me from uh, one of the teachings, one of the learnings that we have, we do impart as part of the learning classes in uh, corporates, is our ability to move from unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence. 
Many of the competencies that we need to know, we are not even aware. That's where we start. Unconscious incompetencies. Many times they are incompetent. We are not even aware that we are supposed to be aware. And then once we become aware, we move from the state of ignorance to awareness to practice to expertise to the level in which master would want us to. The highest level we call is what as unconscious competencies. To that extent that it becomes a way of life. I don't need to remember the maxim for me to practice it anymore. I hope that once we move from this level to the other end of the spectrum, we are there. Any other questions? Yeah. So you talked about responsibility, zero responsibility, primary, secondary, and then the uh, collective. collective responsibility. I feel as a collective responsibility, it really doesn't work. Because when 10 people sit together and talk, you can't really come to a decision. And so some person has to really take a decision. It is more like a participative autocracy. And uh, even the, it, things doesn't happen, then it falls somewhere in between. Nobody takes the responsibility for the inaction or for the work not being done. So I think instead of collective, it should be complete responsibility. I take your perspective. Anyone? Uh, for explaining the baggage, I thought of asking a quick uh, question to the audience. Rajesh, we have about five, ten minutes? Okay. okay. I'll ask an ex a question, and to this question, your answer has to come within five seconds. This is a buzzer round. If you don't answer within five seconds, your left brain is taking over and your answers are not acceptable. Let's take it there is a 100-meter race. There are eight people running, and out of these eight people, you are one of them. Out of these eight in the heats, in the quarter, the pre-quarter, semi-final, you are the fastest. If the race is run properly, you are going to win the race hands down. You are all in the starting blocks, the race is about to start. The referee is about to take the gun, count, one, two, three and shoot. And then a person walks in with a 100 kilo cement bag, with 100 kilo cement inside it and ties it to your bag, the race starts, who is going to win and why? One, two, three, four. Not me. Why? What stops you from removing the cement bag and running? So I put an imaginary cement bag, 100 kilos on your back right now. You are not able to run. All it needs is say that, okay, I only say the race is going to restart. You have a choice of saying stop. Let me remove the cement bag. I'll run. And the question can be twisted to say, what if it's a 100 kilo golden bag? People used to say, I would rather stay. <laughs> anyway, even if I win, it's going to be a sovereign of a gold medal, you know. This is what happens to baggages. Few seconds back, I put a baggage on your back, you're not able to run, mentally. 30, 40, 50 years and past life, samskaras, the baggages. It's an extremely difficult process that I am requesting of you and of myself. It's a very great challenge to remove the baggage. It's not an easy joke. The awareness is the first step. The 100 kilo cement bag is part of us, or maybe even as master says, Three mountains, five mountains, I don't know. Hopefully someday we can get rid and be there where we, he would want us to be. Are there any other quick, uh, any other questions, perspectives, anyone else wants to add? Need not be a question and answer session, can be, if you feel like it. Yeah, Rajabai. God is simple and the way to reach him is simple according to Babaji. So, 10 maxims, he says, start 
practicing, start from the 10th, try to practice it, start from the 9th, try to practice it like that. Is it necessary to wait till you understand everything and then try practice, number one? Number two, master says, uh, if you want to learn horse riding, get onto a horse, even if you fall down, it doesn't matter. Don't try to theorize and understand about horse riding and then practice. So why not try it? It's simple and not everybody un understands corporate puzzles <laughs> because there are many uh, un uh, unlettered villagers but who can be close to God also. So is it necessary to understand this, all this corporate, this thing? I really did not share these as corporate perspectives. I shared them as common sense. In the sense... No, it is little uncommon, I think. <laughs> the most uh, uncommon thing is common sense. That's what Master says. What I take your perspective, it's a perspective that you share from your experience. I have seen that even when uh, Pramod was talking about Maxim Seven, there were different views about what is being revengeful, how to be forceful with your viewpoint. We really don't know. This is a puzzle that we have been wanting to solve alone, together, collectively with his help. Any input which takes us closer to that, I guess, would be of help. I have only placed the puzzles in front of you. Whether you want to take the puzzles to enlarge the reality is up to you. The puzzles may be wrong, may be right, I really don't know. These are puzzles which have come to me in my mind, which I am sharing. Yes, sir. Brother Ramakrishnan, last question for the day. Uh, the 10th maxim you have put as part of the social group, I think it belongs to the personal group, not the social group. Because there is a that point is uh, which I wanted to add there, which I maybe forgot. Here the maxims, we cannot have a distinct water difference, like a you know, sort of two glass, we can't separate tight compartments. They interflow, they sort of interweave with each other. I only chose it for certain convenience to project certain points of view. One more thing, 11th maxim we are forgetting, expect not. That should be added to this. And 12th. Maybe to some extent my baggage was that I was giving 10 maxims, so maybe I, I took it and <laughs> stuck with 10 maxims. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all.